Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. The streets of Union City. To your nighttime radio. Steve Travelly's keeps you in the Jersey, no. Welcome to uh, Thursday night in New Jersey, Steve Trevelisse. You and me till 11 o'clock tonight. So much to talk about, starting with the uh, the anti-crime post-game show, I guess. I got Eric Scott in here. What a great job you did, as always. Uh, you know, a very, very frustrating hour to listen to, because the more I heard from uh, everyone you had in here, Sheriff Golden, Mike Freeman, uh, Mayor Hornick from Marlboro, uh, I knew his father. Uh, you just get frustrated listening to it because you feel so powerless. Just as a listener, as a citizen of New Jersey, knowing that if somebody steals your car, there's not a damn thing you can do about it, nor the police. Yeah, I think, you know, all of our guests from law enforcement, from local level right up to the FBI, um, were very diplomatic in talking about, you know, the facts of the process. And I thought um, when Detective Freeman with the PBA talked about the actual process, this is what happens when, you know, you have a report. I heard that. And, and it was... And, and walked us all the way yeah. through. Um, and, you know, between Sheriff Golden um, and Chief Delane talking about this algorithm and this rating system that judges have to use now to determine whether somebody can be uh, incarcerated or whether they have to be released... Um, I think it was important for New Jersey residents to understand that and, and understand that that is what often leads to the frustration among law enforcement. Um, and then Sheriff Golden also brought up the point that, you know, you do have these criminal enterprises uh, that are employing juveniles to commit crimes um, because there's little that can be done to arrest and or prosecute a juvenile. And, and we saw that, you know, when we started having some of the issues down the shore with these pop-up parties and, um, you know, police officers you know, basically being told, you know, you can't, you can't detain somebody for the smell of marijuana. And, you know, and, it's, and, and all of those, it, it all kinds of ties in together. Right. But the thing that I took out the most, and I joked with him on his way out tonight, um, you know, Mike Freeman with the PBA, again, summit police detective, um, he said, this is their job. Yeah. When you're talking about people that are stealing cars, that are breaking into homes, that are you know committing these types of crimes, this is their job. So what would you expect them to do when they're released from jail? Go they go to back to their job. And they're good at it. And you know, it, it, it becomes a sophisticated criminal enterprise. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that, you know, you you thought, you know, back in the day 
um, as we sit here, two old men talking on the radio. <laughs> um, back in the day, you know, it was you stole a car, you went for a joy ride, you left it under a bridge somewhere, you were done. Or it ended up at a chop shop or, you know, we were kind of recounting off air things that, you know, cyclical. They used to steal, you know, the, the headlight assemblies because they could get money for them. Right. They used to steal... Um, you know, other the airbags because they could get money for them. They steal catalytic converters now. Now they want the whole car, and in particularly and the, the right, right, particularly these luxury vehicles, which are then immediately exported out. And you know, they're willing to take a greater risk because the reward is that much greater. I, you know, you, I steal a car, I deliver it to you, you give me a pile of money, and I go and get another one. That's my job. That's how I make a living. And, you know, I think from that perspective, understanding that, you know, we're not talking in most cases or in a lot of cases, kids that are looking for a joyride. These are advanced, sophisticated criminal enterprises that are operating at a very high level in New Jersey. You said the reward is greater. Also, the risk is so much lower because nothing will happen. Uh, Right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, Sheriff Golden, you know, he had his his list. They, you know, they keep individual statistics county by county. And, and Sheriff Golden brought his list in. You know, he had one guy on there that that was that was rearrested nine times, nine times. Wouldn't you think that by the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time that maybe a judge would go, hey, you're not getting it. Stop this. And, and he can't. Right. And he can't. Explain right. bail reform. Now, Governor Christie brought this in. This was 2017. Yeah, it was actually uh, you know, signed by Governor Christie, the original law. There's been some tweaks to it you know, over, the, over the years. But essentially, the presumption was that um, a prosecutor could argue for bail or incarceration. It would be the back and forth. You've seen it on TV and all these crime dramas, right, right. where you know, the prosecutor... Uh, petitions to deny bail. And it was discretionary to the judge. The judge would hear from this side, they would hear from that side, and they go, all right, um, you know, w we're going to grant bail or, you know, you're going to remain detained till trial. Part of this was, you know, was, was aimed because there was a disparity, there was a known disparity between white and black and brown individuals where um, it was often black and brown individuals who were being detained either without bail or on a very high bail um, more often. So as part of the reform package, they tried to come up with this algorithm that judges would look at to kind of take that part of the discretion away from it and what some believed was inherent discrimination between black and brown individuals. So the judge now gets a number when a case comes up, case right. file comes in, here's the number. The number is, if it's below this, the presumption is no bail. So therefore, you, if, in, in nonviolent offenses, keep in mind we're talking about nonviolent crimes here. So in the example of car theft, even though you've stolen nine cars or you've been arrested for theft nine times, the algorithm says that you don't yet reach the threshold where you can be detained without bail or granted a high bail or et cetera, et cetera. So in many cases, they're just released, and judges have lost the majority of that discretion. At what point did they realize this is not a good idea, and why can't they do something about it or just change the law? Or why does it take so long for the law to change, realizing what we're seeing now, that these are professional criminals, not kids joyriding. These aren't people who made a mistake or want to atone. These are working men who are being inconvenienced from going back to work by having to appear in court. 
Yeah, and I think with a lot of things involving government, <clears throat> there are strong opinions on, on both sides of this issue. We do have a progressive governor that is, you know, that is seeking to make changes based on, you know, the idea of equality and or attempt at equality. Um, and while these reforms may have been well-intentioned in terms of what the hoped end result was, there are real-life consequences. Um, and the reality often is much different than the intent. So what happens now is you have individuals who are being released because it's presumed that they you know, can be released and not detained until trial. Um, they know this. Criminals are smart. And law enforcement is then further burdened because they probably weren't largely consulted when this legislation was crafted because it was crafted from not a law enforcement standpoint. It was crafted from a societal reform standpoint. And often when that happens, you know, the real world consequences aren't balanced. Um, and now you're seeing what those consequences are. I mean, look at what happened with the juvenile justice reform. And when, you know, marijuana was made legal for recreational uses and, and decriminalized in New Jersey and the impact that had on a lot of shore towns, um, you know, where basically you weren't, you weren't allowed to stop and question a, a juvenile. Or at one point, remember the rule was you couldn't tell their parents. Right. That was changed due to a public outcry. And you may need the same public outcry to address this. But you do have mayors, you have police organizations, you have sheriffs, you have other law enforcement that are actively lobbying for um, bills and legislation reform by um, Senator Singer and Senator Gopal and, you know, uh, Senate President Scatari um, was going to post uh, legislation. And I think it was either Sean Golden or, or Chief Delane who said, you know, they're working at the speed of government. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. State is broken, according to uh, Mayor Kenitra. Do you yep. think it'll ever be fixed or how long do you think it'll take? Uh, I, I never underestimate the ability of the New Jersey legislature to delay action on <laughs> critical issues. I, I will put it that way. That's Eric Scott, and he did a great job tonight. 1-800-283-101.5. is New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. New Jersey may need to be packing. Although they want to have laws about that as well, right? Pardon the pun. All right, so maybe if they remake Gone in 60 Seconds, they could do it in New Jersey because you can steal as many cars as you want and nothing will happen. Thus the subject of the town hall the last hour. Crime in New Jersey. And uh, why Mayor Paul Canatra from Point Pleasant calls the uh, state broken. Uh, bail reform, not a good idea. Eric Scott just explained it. How do you feel about it? 1-800-283-101.5. How could they screw this up? You know, Beretta, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Unless you're in New Jersey, do the crime. Do the crime. We'll give you time. We'll give you more time. Do another crime because we're just that way. Al is in Hamilton on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Al. You know, see, this is not a complicated issue as, as it seems to be. You can deter any antisocial behavior based on a very simple premise of risk-reward. For example, the idea of stealing cars is to make a profit. Right. to make money. Right. Really, you have to go through a whole process of getting that car's numbers changed, selling it. It's just easier to rob a bank because when you go into a bank, you just give them a note and they're told to give you the cash. But why don't they do it? Because robbing a bank is a mandatory 10-year 
federal prison term, no questions asked. So right. they don't rob banks, okay? Right. So it's it's too easy, Al. And what you're saying makes absolute sense. Plaxico Burris did two years in a New York jail because it was mandatory that when the gun fell out of his sweatpants band and went off, that he had to go to jail. But here, it's almost like we apologize when, when somebody gets caught stealing a car. And we don't even charge him with stealing the car. We charged him with possession of stolen goods. It's a joke. So don't tell me you don't know what to do. All the gun violence in the world, all the gun violence in this country, here's a very simple solution. You commit a crime with an illegal gun or a handgun, or you have an illegal gun in your possession, it's a mandatory 10-year federal prison term. Watch how fast they put down the guns. The guns would go away tomorrow, but they won't do it. Okay, so don't tell me you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You just don't have the will do it no well in new jersey this is more about you know stealing cars and if you impose some kind of a penalty like that absolutely but for some reason they're worried it's, it's almost like they want to pay for the sins of the past and enough we got to move forward with the future this was a mistake you know this was a mistake bail reform was a mistake giving people you know taking away bail and letting people get arrested over and over and over again making it impossible to charge them making it impossible for the judge to hold them it's just a mistake and why can't the mistake be rectified why does it have to take this long how many cars do we have to lose you know it's gonna happen God forbid people are gonna people are gonna start taking matters into their own hands and you, and the problem is you can't the reason why they're doing it... Is and they'll get in trouble. It's a demographic thing. The demographic of the car thief, the, the profile of the car thief does not fit their agenda. I'm sorry. I know I can say it. I know you can't say it. But that's the problem. It would be more brown and black people in... You know, it's not even about that. It, you know, whatever it is, it is. If you stole the car, regardless of, you know, what color you are, you're going to do time. Al, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. It, may, it makes total sense. Uh, anywhere else but New Jersey. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you heard the town hall? You know, we had a Detective Mike Freeman in here. We had Sheriff Golden in here. We had, you know, How the hell could this happen? That you can steal cars in New Jersey and you have professional car thieves. Not the joyriders, not the kids. Real live car thieves. Guys who make them, I guess women, who make their living. You know, Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage make their living stealing cars. And it's an inconvenience for them when they have to go to court knowing that they're going to be right back out on the street. It's a, a waste of time for the police who go in, try to do their jobs, try to do everything possible to keep everybody safe, but they can't do their jobs because they have a system that says, all right, well, we got you. Now you got to go to the judge. Oh, sorry, I can't hold you. Go out. What's the point? Mayor John Hornick from Marlboro was on earlier talking about the frustration they go through in Marlboro. Number one. When it comes to stealing cars. So what do we do about this? 1-800-283-101.5. Does this frustrate you at all? You go, it's hard enough to get a car as it is. Right? Because the prices of used cars have shot through the roof. I, mean, I saw a car the other day. Um, I was in, what the hell was that place? Mendham? I, I forget. Uh, Sunday. And guy's got a 2001 a 2001 Kia, piece of crap, 4,500 hours, 
149,000 miles. What are you kidding me? So you got this kind of money that you're asking. It would have been easy to steal the car. <laughs> but, but, you know, car prices are through the roof. And it's like, what happens? You go, you go out, you buy your car, you get it, you make the payments, you put it in the driveway, you're so happy that you got the car. Then the next day you go out and the car's gone. Not a damn thing you can do about it. You don't even get the, the satisfaction of knowing that they got the guy. They got the guy, and then he was out about an hour. How could this happen in New Jersey? How stupid could they be? You know, and, and somebody call and make the argument that it was a good thing. Somebody make the argument that it was a good thing. So what did we atone for? How did we fix this? How did we balance the odds? We took away the odds. Nobody gets in trouble. I mean, why not just teach stealing a car 101 in New Jersey colleges or high schools or Votech? You know, you can work on the car or you can steal the car. 1-800-283-101.5, right? That's it. You're going to go to Votech, you go to, you go to vocational school, and uh, you go to make a right, and they teach you, uh, they give you the wrenches, and they teach you how to work on the cars. You go to the left, they give you the Slim Jim, and they teach you how, that's not, that's not a snack. They give you the Slim Jim, and they teach you how to steal the car. Because you're not going to get in trouble. Mark is in Whiting on New Jersey 101.5. Marco, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I was just calling to make a, a, a comment that recently, uh, within the past month maybe or so, right. in English Town, um, there was three people, I don't know all the specifics, but I know the best parts, that hijacked uh, a woman who was sitting in a store parking lot in the center of English Town, and... Um, they hijacked her out of the car and, and took off with the car. But here's the best. Was she part. okay? Yeah, she was fine. Okay. She was fine. But here's the best part of it. Why do you think the lady was sitting in her car in that parking lot? Why? She had a flat tire waiting for AAA. Did they at least fix the flat before they stole the car? No, they took what they didn't know it had a flat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's the only revenge you can get now with car thieves in New Jersey is to have a flat tire when they steal the car. Yeah. It was so that I, I was I couldn't believe it. I was so glad that karma came back and bit them right in the behind. Right, with a capital car. Mark, thanks for the call to New Jersey one oh one point five. Your thoughts on crime in New Jersey. We heard the town hall. Why is it so easy to steal a car? Why is the state so powerless to do something about it? One eight hundred two eight three one oh one point five. Ricky Ricardo coming up at nine ten. No not that Ricky Ricardo. Not that Ricky Ricardo at all. This Ricky Ricardo. No, senor! No, senor! We got to talk. And uh, the weaklings are coming in at 10 o'clock. That's going to be Tony Palagrosi, the manager, the executive director of Light of Day, a juke, a man who sang Thunder Road with Bruce Springsteen will be in this room, as well as Joe Belia, drummer par excellence, 830. The weather brought to you by... 
NJ Lottery, New Jersey Lottery. Live larger with the New Jersey Lottery. Now at pick three, there's more to celebrate because more winning tickets earn bigger prizes. Any winning $1 straight wager is guaranteed a $500 prize. Play pick three because anything, anything can happen in New Jersey. You may want to go out and steal a car, steal the car, get caught, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. They, they apologize for inconveniencing your day. Maybe they give you, you know, maybe they give you a coffee while you're there going through the motions. Uh, should it be this easy to steal a car in New Jersey? Why is it this easy to steal a car in New Jersey? And how much does it bother you that it's this easy to steal a car in New Jersey? Let's go to Pat in Gladstone on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Pat. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How about you? Not too bad. We've spoken before, but you probably wouldn't remember. But I, well, of course, I remember. Pat, are you kidding? <laughs> well, a couple of good Italians here. So there you go. I was. I just wanted to say, I have a lot of friends who have experienced this, um, where their cars have been stolen, and I don't know how they do it, but they they're tracking their cars. They know exactly where their car is. They'll phone the police, and the police won't pursue the car. Because they can't. I know. It it sucks because the police, I don't know, they won't, like you tell the police where the car is and they won't pursue it? They won't pursue it. So so I wanted to share with you. So I was out to dinner with my wife down at the beach a couple weeks back, and I'm sitting next to this nice couple. The individual happened to be a patrolman. He was a cop down by the shore. And he was expressing how frustrating it is to be an officer to know that they could actually make a difference, which is why they chose to be in that profession, mm-hmm. and they're being told they can't. I think there's a. Uh, I think he mentioned that Seaside Heights, the the captain there, and 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 I, I can't say this with certainty, but I'm pretty sure it was Seaside Heights where they're so frustrated that they're having so many stolen cars that that uh, chief of police said, "I don't care, go get them," because it was a bad reputation for him. But here's the point. Here's the point. Mm-hmm. Let's let's pretend that you didn't pay your taxes. Five dollars, right. ten dollars, ten thousand. Right. You think government would come after you for that? Yeah, absolutely. But so, what's the... so why is it that it's okay for a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollar car to be stolen and that's not worthy? Well, it's not that. What it is is that they can't charge. I mean, you're going to have, you know, you go. The guy's not not paying his taxes. I mean, I understand that you're saying okay if you don't pay your taxes. They're going to come after you. That's one law. It's a completely different law for someone stealing a car or something. Someone stealing something of value. That's it's apples. It's apples and oranges. It'd be great if it weren't. Here's what I think is going to happen. This is New Jersey, and one thing we know about New Jersey, maybe one thing we know growing up, as you and I, pretty much the same age, have. You don't mess with the wrong guy, and what's going to happen? One of these guys, one of these thieves, is going to mess with the wrong guy. And more and more wrong guys are going to start showing up in New Jersey who are going to take matters into their own hands and say, look, I am a law-abiding citizen. I am a tax-paying citizen. I want to play by the rules. I want to do what's right here. But you're not letting me. And you're not doing your job right. And that's my car. I got to pay for it. And even if it's stolen, I got to pay for it. So I think you see more and more people taking matters into their own hands. I really do. I hate to say it. I'm not encouraging it, but I think it's the only way it can go. 
Well, I'm sorry, Pat. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Right? We got to get Jersey's own Queen Latifah to get down here. The equalizer. Right? I'm who you call when 911. When you can't call 911, I'm who you call, right? Queen Latifah. We got to get her down here. The equal. I have the old Robert Woodward. Edward Woodward was the original equalizer. 1985. And he was an English actor. And the idea was, what if James Bond retired and wanted to atone for his sins? And that was pretty much the idea of the equalizer. And then uh, it lasted from 86 to 90, uh, about then, right, 89. And then um, Denzel Washington took the role over in uh, 2014. Equalizer 1, Equalizer 2. And then uh, they decided to give it to Queen Latifah. So I think this is a job for Jersey's own Queen Latifah. And you know what? Cops probably help her. Dude, we would love to do the job, but they won't let us, you know? 1-800-283-101.5. I can dream, can I? You get your car stolen in New Jersey, not a damn thing the state can do about it. Except wave. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ridiculous. Totally friggin' ridiculous. Aristophanes. Ridiculous. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. So what do we do here? What do we do here in New Jersey when our cars get stolen? 1-800-283-101.5. You ever had your car stolen in New Jersey? And then they tell you, well, you can't, you, you know, if you have a firearm, you can't use it to protect your gun. You could use it to protect yourself. Keep the car in the garage. <laughs> 800-283-101.5. It, it, it's laughable, but it's so frustrating. You could hear the frustration. Uh, you could see it on the faces of the gentlemen who were in here when I walked in the door. You know, uh, a sheriff, a PBA detective, you know, uh, we heard it in the mayor. Al is in Old Bridge on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Al. Hey, Steve, what's up? How much, buddy? How you doing? Good, how you doing? Great thinking. Yeah, so here's the scoop. Okay, there's, there's two issues mainly. It's that these rich bougie people down the shore and brick and ocean leave their cars unlocked with the fob in the car or unlocked in the garage okay i don't know how dumb these people are but criminals will catch a uber from jersey city down there and then get your car and drive it back and then it'll be shipped to africa so lock your freaking car i mean what are we talking about three-year-olds we have got to lock your car i mean are you serious but it's also still, regardless of whether or not they do, it's still illegal to steal the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that, but, it, but you're letting them steal your car because you're so stupid. Yeah, well, there is I work that. down there. I, trust me, I know. Right. And Okay, a second thing? Yes. Okay, put a tracking device on your car. Wherever your car goes, you can find it. They got them for keys. They got them for cars. They got them uh, for everything now. You, they already have the tracking device. You heard a guy call earlier and yeah. say that the cops don't even go after the tracking the, the tracking device. So go get the car yourself. If you're tracking, it's your car. Go uh, get it yourself. All right. Now, now you're bringing on something completely different. Now we're going back to vigilanteism. Al, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. That is, of course, you know, most people, the average person 
isn't going to just go knock on the car thief's door. I, I found my car. You've got it here. May I have it back? No, 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 no. You're going to go down there. You're going to go down there in force like Sean Connery from The Untouchables. <laughs> do you ever hear or say this? I can't tell you how much weight I've gained since I can't do the things I used to do. Or this pain is holding me back from my walk, my run, my activities. Well, it's time to finally do something about it and get back to doing what you love. Trinity Rehab can help. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed. Same day appointments. Fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it or not doing anything but making you feel loopy or drowsy like others. Olope. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977. Go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions, and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like the newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. All Jersey. 101.5 wants to say thanks for listening. Fill your tank for free. You can win free $50 gas card. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter in our app to win a free $50 gas card. Three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsors, Sioka Car and Truck Company of Flemington, part of the Sioka family with 40 dealerships and 25 franchises. Good luck and thanks for listening from New Jersey 101.5. Hopefully they don't steal the car after you fill the tank, but that's a whole other thing. We're talking about the uh, the crime in New Jersey. You could watch the New Jersey 101.5 Town Hall on crime. It's on our, our website, nj1015.com, where you could find out the pizza that Eagle Coach Nick Sariani craves the most. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was I was I was taken aback. Ricky Ricardo, who uh, broadcasts the Eagles games in Spanish, uh, and is the man who is a, a major contributor to this show. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, no, you are. Absolutely, you are. There we go. There we go. <laughs> He's going to call at 910. Next hour, we'll talk about the difference between Giants fans and Eagle fans. So if you got something, be ready. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. The, uh, when you, if you heard the town hall on crime and you hear the frustration between the police officer, the detective, the sheriff who are in here and how powerless they are to do something about it. Not that they don't want to, but that they're not allowed to, that they can't. And we've come into a world where we've decided that the criminal, the person committing the crime, has more rights or more entitlements than the person, the victim, who is suffering from the crime. The financial loss of the crime. The violated feeling of the crime. Screw you. Ego's free. Hope we didn't inconvenience your day at all. You know, we have uh, the, the judges to be able to decide, you know, bail or no bail. Now it's being decided for them, and it's coming up no bail. So they've got people, you've got criminals who know that they're not going to get in trouble. So what are you worried about? Go steal. You know? Guy called Dominski and Doyle a few weeks ago. I loved it. If you see something, steal something. Welcome to New Jersey. 
1-800-283-101.5. So does this, does this frustrate you at all? Does this bother you at all? Can somebody, somebody who voted for these guys who are along with this, you know, somebody, let's Governor Murphy, the great idea, Governor Murphy. All right, somebody, make the case why this is a good idea. Make the case why criminals can steal cars, not get put in jail. One guy stole nine cars. Nobody cared. Like I said, you know, like I said, uh, car stealing 101. You could either work on cars or steal cars. Teach them both in New Jersey schools. You're not going to get in trouble. You can make a lot of money. Why even run car ads? Why not just run car locations? It's sad. It's truly sad. It's so sad that Mayor Kenitra in Point Pleasant says uh, the state is broken. And you know what? He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. You know? And in Middletown, they're actually suing the government for the money that they have to spend to protect your cars. Money that gets no, you know, money that's not coming back to them. You know, what, what do you do here? Mayor Paul Kenitra, why do you think we've gotten to the point where gangs from North Jersey continually come to Monmouth and Ocean to steal cars in broad daylight? He then lashed out at the bail reform laws that went into place beginning under Governor Christie. Blame those reforms for uh, putting criminals back on the street to commit crime time and time again. This shouldn't be that complicated. See Beretta. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. But there should be time given for the crime. Now, it's just like an inconvenience. Lawyers must make a fortune. They're always going to get their client off. But then again, like I said, it's going to get to the point. There's always that guy that you don't mess with in New Jersey. You know him. You're smart enough not to mess with him. Well, somebody's going to mess with him. And we're going to see more and more of those guys because frustration is going to grow. Cars are way too expensive. Loans are way too expensive. Cars are too hard to get that when you finally get a car and you bring it home and you put it on your driveway, whether or not the key fob is in it or not, and you know what? Screw the key fob thing. It's illegal to steal cars whether the key fob is there or not. But it's going to reach a breaking point. And the slow-moving government is going to have to act fast. Or they're going to be acting fast for different reasons. All right, coming up. The difference between Giant fans and Eagle fans. Are you going to the game? Who do you think is going to win? Where's your allegiance? What are you thinking? I've got a Philadelphia Eagle play-by-play in Spanyol's Ricky Ricardo coming up. You may know him from two of the biggest sports radio stations uh, around New Jersey. Bill Spadia. I love New Jersey. And what I'm asking you is to stick with me. And we're going to take the state back. Weekday mornings on New Jersey 101.5. Are you digging in with me? And NJ1015.com. WKXW. Hey, if you're a Beatle fan, stick around. The Weaklings are coming in. 10 o'clock. Joe Blea, the drummer. Tony Pelagrosi, the manager. He sang Thunder Road with Bruce Springsteen on stage last year. How about that? Two years ago. Uh, 
playing their new songs, one of them which is a Beatles cover, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around for that. But in the meantime, in between time, this is it. Saturday night. This is Saturday night. I can't sing. Uh, Giants-Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, we can talk about the game if you want. We can get into the X's and O's. If you watch Channel 17 in Philadelphia, you may see me on Channel 17 in Philadelphia. I did their sports show, uh, sports scene, with uh, my good friend Jason Lee. Uh, But I want to know the difference between Giants fans and the Eagles fans. I have been a Giant fan all my life. Grew up in Union City. Come from a family of giant fans. Giant tradition has been passed down in my family. And when I went to work at a sports radio station in Philadelphia, I took that giant tradition with me. And they were so happy about that, they stuffed me into the Saturday morning overnight shift. But that's another story. But there's a difference between giant fans and Eagles fans. You know, giant fans, we sit home. When we get bored, we watch the tapes of all the Super Bowls. The Super Bowl in uh, 86, the Super Bowl in 90, even the Super Bowl in 2000 that we lost. I don't watch that one. We don't talk about that one. 07, the magical year of 07, 11. The Eagles, they watched a Philly special and Invincible. The story of an Eagle fan that walked out of a bar and made the team. What's amazing, the Eagle fan walked out of a bar. And yes, I've told that joke to Vince Papali's face. Uh, But I want to know from you at 1-800-283-101.5, the difference between Giants fans and Eagle fans. Are you going to the game? Would you go to the game? What are your thoughts about Saturday night? Eric is in Morristown on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Eric. Hey, Steve. There he is. There you go. Uh, You know the difference. You're just being way too polite. Eagle fans are evil. You remember when they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. I mean, that's how evil they are. Oh, we were all too young for that. That was like 1968. And that guy, uh, that Santa was drunk. No, it was in 68. I'm, I'm telling you. Believe me, I know. I've heard the story a billion times. Okay, well, then they did it again in the 80s. Uh, no, but uh, they are a rough, rough crowd, as you know. Um, and I think I think the old-time Giant fans with the we had season tickets for years and years and years, it's just a different level, like you were explaining. But my, my heart says Giants. My head says we're not getting past them. They're, they're tough. They really are. So. Yeah, but you know what, Eric? If they do. <laughs> if they do. Thanks for calling New Jersey. 101.5 as I wax poetic about the Giants it was September 24th it was 2017 the Giants were 0-2 but they went into Philadelphia and they were winning the game and it all came down to I think a 61 yard kick by a new kicker named Jake Elliott and what are the odds this guy's going to make the kick and when when, when the kick when, when, foot, when foot was put the ball I would eventually hear the words that would drive me crazy. I didn't hear him then, but but a couple of years later, when uh, they would Cody Parkey would try a kick with the Chicago Bears in a double doink, I would hear. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! And you hear them every Wednesday and Thursday nights. And the man who uttered those words, Ricky Ricardo, what's happening, pal? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. A little trip down memory lane, huh? Bad memory lane. Bad memory lane. You know what? It was great for the Eagles. And the first kick, 
Right. The Jake Elliott 61 yarder from the, the Giants were actually doing very well. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. And from that point on, remember, they got beat the following week by the Chargers at the Meadowlands, and everything went downhill from there. They lost four receivers in that game, right? Odell. Uh, Odell got hurt in that game. Dwight Harrison. Odell, that's right. But Odell had the old, uh, let me look like a like a dog uh, going to the bathroom brood yep. in the end zone. Okay? Uh-huh. And so that, that giant season went down the proverbial toilet, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> this Saturday night, my friend, uh-huh. in the in the great in the words of the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you've gotta beat the man. Yeah. And right now in the NFC East, my friend, uh-huh. the Philadelphia Eagles are the man. This is a man who comes from Union City, New Jersey, saying this. How could you do this? How could you do this? See, I remain true to my roots. I'm Union City, born and I stayed with my team. You took the money, the green, the Eagle green, and ran. I took the Eagle green. I was always a fan of green teams that fly. Because <laughs> I was a Jet fan. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I was a I was a Joe Namath fan. So, you know, in in North Jersey, as a kid, I chose to go with the Jets and Uh not the Giants. So now in my in my older years and because of a wonderful paycheck that I (laughs) had burned on the helmet, Uh I have become an eagle. You know, when we were kids, Steve, Uh Okay, and I know folks that are listening might remember this. Uh And I'm in my late 50s. We're more or less the same age. But when I was young. I remember we used to drive on Route 22 or on 1 and 9, go to Woodbridge Center or Menlo Park Mall or, yeah. or, or the Two Guys department store, okay? Right. And one of the billboards that I would see all over North Jersey was the charity preseason football game between the Giants and the Eagles. I think it was the, to benefit the Lions Club. The Jer- right? No, the JCs. The, 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 exactly, the Jersey. The JCs. And and so the billboards had the helmets uh-huh. facing each other, uh, and I used to. I love the wings. <laughs> I remember, I said, you know, that I like that helmet. I, I had no clue. I was like a little kid. Right. I, had, I had no clue if they who was good. Who was, it was Fran Tarkenton against Pete Lisk. That's Man. what it was. Roman Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel showed up a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. but it was uh, both teams were really bad. You know, the Ali Sherman years. Uh-huh. The Giants, the Eagles were terrible. The, the the good teams in that division were always the Washington Redskins in those days right. and the Dallas Cowboys. But I chose the helmet on the right, which was always the one with the wing. So that's how far back I've chosen the Eagles over the Giants. And let me tell you, this Saturday night, Steve Trevelisse, <laughs> your New York, what we play in East Rutherford, New Jersey Giants, the season comes to a Bitter end. You better pray that that. You know what? Here's the thing, though. If the if the Giants lose the game, okay, they're supposed to lose the game. What do we care? We gave a good showing. If the Eagles lose the game, you and I are going to be selling rocks and ropes on the Ben Franklin Bridge with the Eagle logo on it and make a fortune. You know, they, they, they're playing with house money, the Giants. Yeah. I'll give you this much. Right. Brian Dable, as good a year as the Eagles had at 14-3, and three, and Nick Sirianni did a wonderful job. Although I question him, and I, I know on our, our both our programs, we, we've gotten all kinds of phone calls about game plans and why doesn't he run the ball and why is he doing this? And, what, you know, but they and were, his choice of pizza. But I tell you what, I would give Brian Dable 
the Coach of the Year award. Oh, absolutely. He's done an, an incredible job with a group that, that, that Dave Gettleman was run out of town for putting together this roster. Let's face it. Yeah. And, and Brian Dable has taken what Joe Judge – uh, and whoever was there before, you know, uh, I, I, Pat Shermer, three or four, Pat, and then before that, who was the other guy? McAdoo, Mac, Ben McAdoo. Who who told him to keep Geno Smith? You may as well had Bob McAdoo as your head. <laughs> right, He's done a, a better job. Uh, but all those guys uh, couldn't do what they what uh, this coaching staff has been able to do with this group of talent, especially Daniel Jones. Obviously, we know what Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. We know he's a superstar. But what he's been able to do with Jones and, and these receivers, which are not, you know, headline name receivers uh, and tight ends, Bellinger and people like that that get no publicity, has just been a tremendous job by Dable. You know, the way I look at it, the Giants are a year behind the Eagles and yet a, a little bit ahead. Because last year, the Eagles are like, listen, we have to, we have, we're going to suck this year. We have no money because of Carson Wentz. Bear with us. We'll do the best we can. They made the playoffs. They lost the first game. This year, the Giants, listen, we're going to suck this year. We'll bear with us. We'll do what we can. Rebuilding, right? They made the playoffs. They win a game. Last year, Jalen Hurts, is he the quarterback? Is he not the quarterback? We don't know. Beginning of this year, is Jalen Hurts the quarterback? We don't know. They went out and got him playmakers. Suddenly, he's an MVP. Now, you got Daniel Jones. He doesn't even get the extension. You know, he's going to be a free agent. They'll bring him back, of course. But it's the, there's so many similarities on these two teams, Ricky, that the Giants just a little bit behind. And next year, the Giant gets, play, gets playmakers. Who knows? But this year, to me, there's a little bit of a feel here of the 2007 Giants, who in the middle of December, they lost to the Redskins. They were calling for Coughlin and Eli to be run out of town, and they win the Super Bowl. And you kind of got this thing that the Giants don't know they're supposed to be bad, and they're playing pretty good. i tell you, I have seen this movie before. Uh -huh. When the Giants, as a road warriors, uh -huh. get into the playoffs. Remember, for years they went, you know, they won in Green Bay. I could see Tom Coughlin's face in Green Bay that day. Yeah, remember that? Tomato red, remember that? Uh huh. The temperature was what twenty five below zero, whatever it was. Yeah. So believe you me, as confident as I may be, and I'm gonna you know come out here and and, and do the whole Ric Flair thing. We're gonna take it down. <laughs> I'm nervous as all heck. Okay, Good. I gotta be honest with you. I I am nervous. The of the last four teams in the NFC, Steve, uh -huh. three of them are from the NFC East. How about that? The division that was called the NFC Least. Two years ago. Even at, even at the beginning of this season, people yeah. were, were referring to it as the NFC least. Ends up with three of the final four teams alive in the NFC. And I think of these four teams right now, the one that is the most that dangerous is a, is a funny word. The Eagles are supposed to win. The 49ers have a rookie quarterback who, you know, Cinderella shoe. Uh, you know, could come off at midnight, could come for Cinderella at any moment with, right. with Purdy. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, and the Dallas Cowboys, you don't know what you get week to week. You get a, a, a great Prescott one week. You get a terrible Prescott the following week. But the one team that's on the upswing, that's on a climb, that maybe hasn't played their best game yet are the New York football Giants. So what do you see the score as? I think the Eagles win. I think it's a field goal game. I think it goes down to the end. I'm picking the Eagles to win this game 
31-27. 31 is going by four. 31-27. Um, uh, 31-27, Eagles. I'm rooting for the Giants. The I, weather's going to be, I know you are, yeah. really. The <laughs> weather's going to be good. Okay? Uh, so, so there's no excuses, no rain on Saturday night. Uh, the temperatures for January will be acceptable, I think, in the in the low 40s, upper 30s, good football weather. America will be watching as the real rivalry. And, and, and I say this. I say this all the time, as you know. Mm-hmm. The real rivalry is Giants-Eagles. It's not Giants-Cowboys. Absolutely. Cowboys. Absolutely. Okay? Now, listen. The real rivalry is Giants-Eagles, and the real rivalry is Cowboys and Washington. Now, that's been thrown, you know, yeah. thrown into a loop because of, uh, of, uh, of the commander situation, but for years, the real rivalry was Cowboys and Indians, the traditional, you know, movies. Absolutely, yeah, things. right. Mm-hmm. And, and the Giants and the Eagles. So the ultimate rivalry in football, in my opinion, Saturday night, 8-15, Lincoln Financial Field. I'll do the game in Espanol. Si, <laughs> sí, senor. Si, sí, senor. Si, sí, senor. And as far as Steve Trevely celebrating, it is, no, senor. No, senor. No, senor. That's Ricky Ricardo. He's the best. Love you, pal. We'll talk soon. Love you, brother. Bye-bye. You got it. Fast traffic. Fast traffic. 1-800-283-101.5. All right, this is it. Saturday night, the Giants at Lincoln Financial Field taking on the Philadelphia Eagles for the NFC Divisional Playoffs. Who would have thunk it? The Eagles were supposed to be great. The Giants were supposed to suck. Would you actually go to the game if you're a Giant fan? I would say don't go to the game. I would recommend you not going to the game. I've been to Giant-Eagle games so that you don't have to go. I used to go to Giant-Eagle games at the vet wearing the Giant gear. Got out alive. I once watched a game in the Eagle broadcast booth. Got thrown out. Oh, the story. But I want to know from you, one 800 If you're an Eagle fan, if you're a Giant fan, what's the difference? between Giants fans and Eagle fans. Be as creative as you want. Trish is in Brick on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Trish. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How about you? I'm okay. I've talked to you many times before. Oh, I know. I got to come see you do comedy, but I'm going to one of these days. February 10th to catch a rising star. Oh, all right, Steve. i got to put that on the calendar. Okay. Um, okay, so when I called you before and we've talked, I've actually told you how I grew up down in Cape May County. Right. And so, of course, that is Eagles country. Right. And um, I, although I've lived in either Ocean or Monmouth County for 35 years now, I right. still consider Cape May County, you know, home. Right. So I'm an Eagles fan. And I wanted to call just to say that they're not all disgusting. <laughs> How do you know they're not all disgusting? <laughs> I know, but honestly, honestly, right. um, my husband has been to many games, and he said, like, it disgusted him the way so many people, you know, behaved. Um, I've actually never been to a game. I would love to. And he said, he's like, I don't even know if you would like it with the way – people behave, which I think is very sad. And um, so, yeah, there are Eagle fans out there that are not nasty and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm not exactly sure. No, no, really, you're right. You're right. I mean, in all fairness, like I said, I've, I've worn giant gear at Eagle games and uh, never had a problem. But uh, 
it's you know this weekend it's different this because the tickets are going to be so expensive it's going to be such an importance placed on the game but the problem here is that the game is starting at 8:15 at night so these guys these people have had all day to drink in the parking lot. All right, they had all day to get loaded. And the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, unlike the Jersey Liquor Control Board, they upped the price of the liquor 4%. Woo! So yeah. yeah, so I mean, I'm it telling you, this it could be really ugly. Trish, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. If you're a Giant fan, if you ever gone to a Giant Eagle game, what was it like? If you were given tickets to this weekend, if you were given tickets to Lincoln Financial Field Saturday night, would you go? I would say don't. I wouldn't. First of all, I don't understand the all, the whole thought process behind going to a football game anymore because the experience of being at home, the experience of having, you know, the game right in front of you, your food right there that you're not paying through the nose for, you don't have to worry about parking your cars on the driveway, making it easy for the car thieves to steal it from you. <laughs> they don't do that, I guess, at the link, right? Uh, but, you know, if you had tickets, would you go? But I want to know. The difference between Giant fans and Eagle fans. I put up a post at nj1015.com. And some of what I got, right? Chips Coney, the comedian from America's Got Talent. Giant fans are bigger. Okay, Captain Obvious, very good. Uh, Dante, both have an enthusiastic fan base with great loyal fans. Both have an underbelly of savage thugs that need to be banned from their respective stadiums. I don't think he gets out much. Uh... Scott, clothing Scott, prison record difference. Yeah, they do have an actual jail. They had an actual jail at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, no, at, at the vet. I don't know if they had it at the link. Uh, how do you eat a giant? One eagle at a time. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, but 1-800-283-101.5. Give me the difference between Giants fans and Eagle fans. Have you ever gone to an Eagles-Giant game? Would you go? And uh, would you go this weekend if you were given tickets? What's up, Brian? So, what is it? Uh, the last time either of these teams, to, to my knowledge, uh, were in the Super Bowl was 2017 or 2018 season. 2017. Yeah, 2018 for the 2017 season. Yeah, it was the, the Eagles. Right. And that winter, I had my hair dyed blue. And it was bleached before then. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, no, no team preference or anything. Just thought it'd be a good idea. Just thought it'd be a good idea. Well, over the next month, my hair faded. So just in time for the playoffs to start and stuff right in Eagles territory, because I went to Rowan University, my hair was green. So I, you know, going around campus, getting high five. And they all thought it was you. Yeah. Yeah. They all thought like, oh, this guy's a big Eagles fan. You had to dye it blue first. (laughs) Mike in Oxford. What's happening, Mike? You're on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Steve, how are you, boss? I'm good. How about you? Very good, very good. Uh, what are you thinking? First, first, your caller that called earlier said about the uh, snowman with the Santa Claus. Right. That, that did happen again in 1980. I remember. Oh, it. did? Oh, my God. Okay. But it was worse because they put batteries in the snowballs. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was worse. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. But. I took my son to a game. He was like four or five years old. It was the uh, early 90s, and the Eagles had to win that last game versus the Giants to make the playoffs. Right. Well, the Eagles lost, 
So that last quarter, I wasn't even watching the game anymore. I was watching the fist fights in the stands. It, I never saw so many fights in my life. You see that? It's, it's just an extra added attraction you get when you go to an Eagles game. Mike, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. I've never been to a giant Eagle game. Would you go this Saturday night if you were given tickets? And uh, give me the difference between Eagles fans and Giant fans, regarding of which team, regardless of which team you root for. It's 9.30. Valise. 1-800-283-101.5. I think I just scared my producer half to death. We have a glass. I, I got to do a deal where, like, maybe we just, you know, like the old science projects where you hit the button and a light, you have the dry cell, and the light goes on in the other room. Or maybe, like, a buzzer. Cattle prod. <laughs> or just that, hey, that's it about. Because a lot of times, like, you know, I'm not screaming to be nasty. I'm just screaming so they can be heard. And sometimes it comes off like, hey. All right, so Eagles, Giants, tell me uh, your thoughts. Tell me, uh, would you go to an Eagle Giant game if you were given the tickets? Would you go to an Eagle Giant game? It's going to start at 8.15 at night when they've had all day to get lubed. And the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board says, hey, you're going to be drinking at the game? We're raising the prices 4%. Take that. What the hell are you doing here? It's you in Amber. What's up, pal? Yo, Trev, first of all, I would never, I would never go to that game if I was given tickets. Absolutely not. Whether, regardless of who you're a fan of or what you're a fan of, can you imagine those idiots are going to be drinking all day long? Are you kidding me? And, you know, I don't know how many, um, they might even bring out the National Guard. I have no idea. No. But it's going to be crazy down there. You know what? Yeah. And uh, and how about, like, after, I wonder, like, after the game, like, the last time, will the fans be eating horse poop off the streets like they did <laughs> back when they won the championship? Will they be greasing the poles in the cities? Should they have to do that as well? Could you imagine, like, the police department right now wondering, oh, my God, we got to go down there and protect this place? I mean, it's really crazy. But I got to tell you, dude. The conversation you had with Ricky Ricardo? Yeah. Oh, he came off like a big, you know, the birds are going to, like, kick the <laughs> hell out of the Giants and everything. But listen, dude, uh -huh. you wore him down. Uh -huh. and did you hear what he said towards the end He's of that He's scared interview? to death. He knows. He yeah. knows. He said, I'm nervous about this. He man. should be. Uh, you see, the Giants are supposed to lose the game. If the Giants lose the game, we leave. All right, well, we lost. We gave it a good shot. Good. It's not only that, Steve. It's like, you know, people that love football, no matter who you uh, root for or whatever, if you saw the Giants beat the Vikings, this is a team. If that team shows up in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And they don't know, is Jalen Hurts, uh, can, he, can he play, can he not play, is he hurt? Exactly. Lane Johnson, uh, is he going to play, is he going to play with pain, what's going on? There, there were things going on here. Yeah, but the Giants are peaking just at the right time, you know? And they don't have any, like you said, they don't have anything to lose, man. They're supposed to be creamed. Mm -hmm. they, they beat a hell of a team, the Minnesota Vikings, man, let's face it. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, you know, and I'm not a big Eagle fan, even though I'm from, you know, I'm at, right outside of Philadelphia and everything. I just like really good football. I just love to watch it, and the playoffs are the best. It'll be a good game. But, but dude, 
Ricky Ricardo saying, I'm nervous. <laughs> you know, this is what I want to say to Ricky Ricardo. What's that? No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Nah, Ricky, I love that, man. He is truly I one of the good him. guys. And he is... I and, yeah, he is hysterical. All right, Lou, th- you, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. See, here's the thing. This is the thing. You know, um... If the Giants lose the game, they're supposed to lose the game. I was hoping, I would personally, I was hoping the Giants would go all out to win the last game. Because normally the team that goes into the playoffs, like on the lower seeds, get obliterated when they get to the playoffs. But having lived with the fact that the Eagles obliterated the Giants on December 11th, 48-22, to avenge that loss at the end of the season would have been nice. Would have been nice. But it didn't happen. So now they're going to play each other. Only this time the Giants coming off a victory. The Eagles haven't played in a couple of weeks. They beat the Giants' B team. So there's a, there's a difference here. There's a, there's a strangeness to the game. If the Giants lose the game, all right, we have hope for next year. We went to the playoffs, won a game, looking good, looking good. And they'll go and they'll get a playmaker. You know, Joe Shane, the general manager of the Giants, uh, Brian Dable, the coach. They'll go get people. Because they know how to do it. See Isaiah Hodgkins, the receiver. The Eagles, if they lose this game, God forbid, if the Eagles lose this game, when the Eagles lose this game, they will be apoplectic down there. Oh, my God. Sports radio down there will just, I mean, they lost the game. They were undefeated. They lost the game to the Redskins. And I'm listening to guys on the air. Hey, you be fired. I can't believe this. Oh, my God, I can't believe in all my years of being an Eagle. It's almost like these guys are taught to just react. But I'm telling you, Eagles lose Saturday night. They will be selling rocks and ropes with the Eagle logo on the Ben Franklin Bridge. And people will be jumping, screaming, Jalen Hurts! Miles Sanders! It will not be pretty. And the Giants win the game? Oh, my God. It's another reason why if you go into the game and you're a Giant fan and you see a lead, get the hell out of there. Because if the Eagles lose that game and you're walking around in Giant blue, that's on you. Stay home. Enjoy. Take that money. It's like $300 just to get in the door. $300 just to get in the door. Forget about a seat. Take that money, go buy the best television you can, and, and, and go crazy with the catering. Michael, Andrew, don't go anywhere. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you been thinking about adding a pet to your family? Like a pet bird? My friends at Pet Center and Oldbridge know exactly how to match you with the perfect pet. They have a large selection of quality puppies from USDA licensed and inspected breeders. When you bring home a Pet Center puppy, you get the most comprehensive guarantees in the market, up-to-date vaccines, five generations of pedigree, a complete homecoming kit. They have a large selection of small animals, reptiles, birds, and tropical fish. Visit them in the shops at Oldbridge on Route 9 or at PetCenterNJ.com today. You can listen on 101.5, Steve Trevelis. The cure for football ills. Giants-Eagles, Saturday night at that link, 8-15. Kickoff. Are you ready? Get your popcorn out, or if you're an Eagle fan, get your horse poop ready. A guy, it's on YouTube, a guy 
We're so happy that the Eagles are going to the championship game. He's wearing an eagle green jersey, and he's eating horse poop off the streets. Giant fans way more refined. The difference between Giant fans and Eagle fans, according to Steve Spielman, the number of teeth. All right, let's talk to Michael is in North Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Michael. Hey, Steve. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, pal. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. The difference between Giant and Eagle fans is Giant fans have a little bit more cooth than Eagle fans. You're talking about a Saturday night. They're going to get all tuned up, those Eagle fans. Don't even go with Giant gear on to that game because, God forbid, the Giants start winning, you're going to get your butt kicked. Exactly. You know, they're, 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 they're just crazy over there. I, I took my kid to a, to a, to a Bear-Eagle game. Right. My kid had a Bear, bear jersey on. And and they started pelting them because the Bears started winning. They started throwing shit at it like an eleven year old. Answer me this. Answer me this. You know, I don't. I don't care what your team is or what your deal is. Answer me this. How the hell could you throw anything at an eleven year old? What the hell kind of man are you? I, that that's the thing that gets me. And don't curse on the radio. I, I got to ask you a question. <laughs> what kind of internet service do you get in New Brunswick? Where, where do you get your internet from? Uh, my internet? Yeah. I don't have internet, sir. I'm you sorry. don't have internet? Don't they have internet in North Brunswick? Oh, my God. <laughs> Does any, they don't have internet in North Brunswick? Thanks for the call. Anybody in North Brunswick, where the hell do you get internet? 1-800-283-101.5. Andrew is in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Steve. You brought a smile to my face, man. That was good. That was good about the internet. Doing my best. Yeah, secondary... You're my secondary antidepressant. You know that. I know that. So, so what's going on? Thing in comedy, Steve, Steve, there's an old thing in comedy. You can't make everybody laugh all the time. But last night, all those people were at my show. Okay, Andrew. So, so what are you thinking about this, Andrew? Well, what I heard happened at an Eagles game, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard it from a friend of mine at the time who was a reliable source. Right. Eagles fans, I could prove to you in one statement, why the Eagles fans are even crazier than the Giants fans. And why is that? Somebody apparently during an Eagles game, I don't know if it was after the game or before the game, somebody out in the parking lot, they had crowd control with the police on the horses. I was just saying that. Yeah. Some dude some dude was so angry, he punched out a horse. Oh, that was kind of like, remember Blazing Saddles with Alex Karras, Mungo? Did you ever see, did you ever see Blazing Saddles? No, but I've seen History of the World Part 1, and I thought they already made the Part 2, but the Part 2 is coming out soon. Yeah, History of the World Part 2 with Wanda Sykes is coming out in August, and it's going to be on Hulu. And 96-year-old Mel Brooks is directing it. I didn't know he was that old. One more thing, Steve, do me a favor. What's that? Have a great, memorable weekend. Ah, you too. I am doing my best. I am, I am lighting candles. I am praying, oh, God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, please let the Giants beat the Eagles. Please give us that. Amen. I think that this could happen. I think that, you know, I'm kind of feeling shades of 07. I don't know. Come on in, boys. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Look at this. Here we go. I think we got we got to get the boys in here. Look at this. All right, here we go. The weaklings are coming up at 10 o'clock. But right now, we got Tony Palagrossi walking in. We got Joe Belia walking in here. They got their coffee. Gentlemen, please sit down. Pick up a pair of headphones. I got a few minutes here before we get into the musical part of the show. But I know, like, I'm imagining, like, are you guys, uh, are you guys football fans? 
Not me so much. Not you so much. What about you, Tony? Not you guys are not sports fans? I'm a baseball fan. A baseball fan. He's got his Dickies hat on. Look at this. He got his Bray here. Giants Eagles this Saturday night. I know. It's a big thing. I cannot wait. You got to talk into the microphone. It's radio. <laughs> Giants Eagle fans this this Saturday night at 815. These fans are going to have all day to get loaded. If you're a Giant fan, would you dare go down to Lincoln Financial Field? No, 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 no. no. It was tough enough going to see the Yankees when they played the Phillies. How about when they played the Red Sox? Remember that? Oh, that was easier. Those were really? That was easier. Those were cold. Yeah, now. They're a lot nicer. Really? Oh, my God. The fans are the toughest. Yeah. they. You know what? During the World Series. Remember that? Yeah, was there? Oh, you were there in 2009. Yeah. Matter of fact, I caught after... Going to ball games since 1960, I finally caught a foul ball. Get out. A, a shot from Mark DeJena. How about that? Teixeira. Mark uh, Teixeira. Right. And I always bring a glove. You were going to games in 1960? That was my first game. How old were you? Oh, six. God, you looked at My old. grandfather. I went myself. I drove myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you know, look beer, open up to go with cigars. You know. <laughs> Yelled at Roger Maris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get Mickey out of here. You're a bum. You can't. You're not as good as Mantle. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk weeklings coming up. we got a couple of cuts from the new album to play. Uh, Joe Belay is here. He's the drummer, better known as Smokestack Weekling. <laughs> How you doing, pal? Very good, thank you. All right, stick around. Don't go anywhere. I'll know. Heading out tonight? Take us with you. Fast traffic, instant weather, Jersey news, and Jersey views. It's all here. Weeknights on New Jersey 101.5. Listen to me whine About nothing and everything all at once Steve Dredelis, New Jersey 101.5 Hanging out with uh, the Weaklings here How about that? We got drummer Joe Belia, Smokestack Weakling over here. And as soon as I uh, hit the green day right away, the hands start going as he starts <laughs> playing the drums because that's what he does. And the man behind the myth, behind the legend, who is a legend, who actually sang Thunder Road with Bruce Springsteen uh, three years ago, Tony Palagrossi. Yeah. Good to be here. How about me? Live Aid, man, executive director. We had you on NJ1015.com. How did it go? It went great. It was... Uh, the vibe was just electric and warm and uh, purposeful. People knew why they were there. Yeah. Yeah. And every year it gets better it gets better and better and more familial. Yeah. I mean it's a you know, we didn't have all the Europeans that we normally have because of the economic situation, particularly in Britain right now. It's really right. bad. Um some of the Italians came over, but it's pretty bad in Italy as well. Scandinavians still came. Some of the Germans came. But um, the American part of Light of Day, that part of the family, was just there in droves. And everything sold out. And, um, and you know, again, people were there, obviously because of the music, but beyond that, they understood the message. They supported the mission. And the, the message and the mission were echoed through every event. How many years now? 23? 23, yeah. How about that? Um, I mean, if you don't count the first party that wasn't called Light of Day. Right. Bob's uh, first birthday party that became Light of Day two years later. Mm -hmm. The yeah. birthday bash. Yep. All right. And uh, now we turn the page and we go to the weaklings. And uh, I'm telling you, the, 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 the video is amazing, right? For I've just seen a face. Uh, I've seen it. And you know what? I saw a play. 
back in early 2005, 2006, Yoko Ono produced a play called Lennon on Broadway. And um, did, you ever, did you see it? I didn't see it, no. I had front row seats. My wife paid, got me front row seats. Nice. Five rows behind me is good Yoko wife. Ono. Right? <laughs> good Five rows behind me is Yoko. I go to get her autograph. I get intercepted by security. Sure, but I tried. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but when she the, her portrayal of the Beatles was for girls. Really? <laughs> you have to see the play. It only lasted like a couple of weeks. I wonder if Glenn knew that. <laughs> her portrayal of the Beatles. And when I saw the video, and basically the video is the weaklings uh, singing I've Just Seen a Face. Right. And the video is where it starts off where the weaklings are all women. And then they become you guys again. <laughs> well, I mean, the women are the Beatles. Right. Right. And they look at us and they go, well, these guys are imposters. <laughs> they kick the band off the stage uh, and they take over. It's <laughs> really well done. Where'd the idea come from? Glenn. Glenn Burtnick, yeah. The, I, the idea was that they were a lot prettier than we were. <laughs> and young, not Glenn. Not Glenn. <laughs> Joe, it's, the, it's just not pretty. It's younger. Uh, younger. That's, there we go. Younger. That's, that's the issue. That's the other part of it, sure. Uh, Glenn is a Beatle at heart. Glenn's like the fifth Beatle. Even now, even now he's the fifth Beatle. You know what? Let's let's play the song because you know what? You guys did such a great job with it. Uh, hold on, let's 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 play it. This is the new Weekling singer. It's, it's a unique arrangement. Yeah. Steve, can I do the intro? Of course you can. You ready? Go ahead. Coming at you. Live, 101.55555. The Weaklings.
great job. <laughs> All right, weaklings. I just seen a face. Joe Belia, the drummer in the house, smokestack weakling. Uh, now, how did you guys come to decide to cover I just seen a face? Well, uh, we were looking for something that we could make our own. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, you're never going to improve on, on a classic like that. And it's, there's just... You you can't really take it and say I'm going to make this a better song, but you you do another version, just yeah. the same, same way Joe Cocker did uh, a little help from my friends. He's made it his own. And, this uh, is kind of like a punk version. Yeah, yeah, I love the drum. Punk. Your drumming in this is oh, amazing. You. you know, and just the and you know I I've seen I know how much you love Ringo. And I know how much like you, you actually lecture on Ringo and how great Ringo was as a drummer and you invoked the name of Charles Connor, the little Richard drummer. Uh, you know, when, when you like talk about Ringo's influence on your drumming. Well, well, first of all, if it wasn't for Ringo, I probably would have been a doctor because I, up, until, <laughs> up until that point I wanted to be a doctor. Then I, I saw Ringo on TV. Uh-huh. And and then I wanted to be a drummer from that point on, so I gave up my whole medical career. How about that? Right? How about that? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was correct or not, but I, I think so. And you know, did you ever see there was an interview that Ringo did with Dave Stewart uh, in like 2008 on HBO? Dave Stewart from the Rhythmics, and he yeah, tells the Beatles it. stories, yeah. and he talks about like when he played Ticket to Ride, and you know about this? He's got this shoulder kink when he plays. Yes, you don't talk about. He does that little shoulder? He does that, and, and, and it kind of throws it off. And he yeah. says, "People have trouble imitating me because of that shoulder thing." Well, it's because he's a lefty playing righty. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you, uh, but you, know, you, you put such a drum under that. It just sounded so good. It's like the song. Like Paul did it with the guitar, and it's really great, as great as it is, of course. But it's a different type of vibe with the drums into it, and there's like an urgency, there's an intensity to it. This is a great idea. Well, and it's electric. Yeah. It's electric, and, mm -hmm. you know, and f actually, I like it better. <laughs> Tony Bellagrosi, the, the man behind the weakling, I the, like it the strength behind the weakling, and uh, you can tell Bartnick's going all out on this though. You can yeah. just hear his voice. Uh, yeah. We got to get him in here. We know the last time that before COVID hit. I was uh, having guests in. The last two guests in, the last three guests in the room before we got the memo saying to the guests for a while was Tony, Glenn, and Lauren Berman. The, remember the lottery lady? Yeah. yeah we were all <laughs> in here that night. We loved her. Yeah, it was fun. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. So, Tony, tell us about the new album. The new album? Uh, the new weekly, you know, the, uh, the new weekly. It's a new single. Oh, it's just a new single? It's you a got new, the single. new single. Right? It's, it's a video fun. single, yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, it's out. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Uh, it's on Instagram. Right. Uh, you can you can you know you can go to Amazon, iTunes, or Spot. You can uh, download it from Amazon. You can download it from um, iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify or Apple Music, and uh, or you can just in, you know, you can go on our YouTube page. And, and, you know, and punch up our analytics, which we really want you to do. That <laughs> <laughs> would help things. And, uh, but, and, you know, this is killing. I mean, we're going to, you know, and, you know, in comparison to Taylor Swift, this isn't much. But uh, for a rock band from New Jersey at this point, um, 
we haven't it hasn't been on YouTube for 24 hours yet it, at midnight it'll be 24 hours and we're going to have over 3000 views wow so this is probably on track to do between 50 and 100,000 views there's such an intensity with this band it's just it's just, and you know it's more than just a rock band in jersey you know over the last couple of years i mean the songs that you cover you bring back an era of just great music that people love you know and you get a lot of crossover you get younger fans as well well, yeah, I mean, we do. And uh, and it's because, well, first of all, I think the older fans like the band because they look at the band and they go, I wish that was me. <laughs> 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 I wish I was that thin and that good looking now. But, uh -huh. you know, some of them are, some of them aren't, you know, but uh, they appreciate that these guys are up there and uh, playing for them. What? Playing for Playing them. for them, but, you know, giving it their all. Yeah. And their all is pretty intense. But you know, it's happening yeah. now. It's like one thing when you go, you can see a Beatle tribute band, and we remember bygone era, and we were all young. No, this is new music, and a new band. Well, it's and both. all our yeah. age, right? And they're playing right now for us. And well, this is, at this point in our life, we're enjoying this band. Well, when you go see Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, and you see what Mick does, mm -hmm. Part of the lure of still seeing the Rolling Stones is looking at Mick and going, oh, my God, when I'm that age, I hope I can do half of that. <laughs> now, a lot of people look at these guys, and they see what they're doing, and they realize that they, they couldn't get up there and do that. And But it gives them hope for the future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There's, there's being in shape. And, and you know, let me pick this up after traffic. 1-800-283-101.5. You want to talk to some weaklings? We got them right here. 1.5 wants to say thanks for listening and fill your tank for free. You can win a free $50 gas card. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter it on our app or win a free $50 gas card. There's three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, Sioka Car and Truck Company of Flemington, part of the Sioka family with 40 dealerships and 25 franchises. Good luck and thanks for listening. From New Jersey, 101.5, Steve Trevelis, hanging out with the weaklings. Uh, and we got Joe Blea is here in the studio. We got Tony Palagrosi here in the studio, uh, who was once a juke, and now he's a weakling. He's working his way, working his way through the ranks. Soon he'll yeah, be a baby. stone. So we were talking about, like, be, you know, being old and being able to do what they do, like Jagger at 80. There's, like, being in shape, and there's being in rock and roll shape. Yeah. And, like, what do you tribute to, like, these guys? I mean, when I'm 80 years old, I just want to be able to stand on the stage for three hours. Let alone <laughs> do all the things. Imagine, yeah. but they imagine that, right? Yeah. And you see what they do. I remember Paul at the concert, and he talked about this, you know, uh, on some of the late-night shows, saying, you know, it's really hard. You know, I love you guys holding up all the signs, but I'm thinking chords, words, focus. <laughs> it can't right. be easy. No, it's not. It's not. But... You know, Paul, you know, Mick, Bruce, they're worth a billion dollars, half they a billion to a billion dollars. Well, they still do it, but that makes the getting, the getting there, the hanging out there, the going to the hotel. They don't, I mean, some of these guys just fly home every night, you know, in their private jet. You know, you know and, Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, I mean, so it's a lot easier. Oh, yeah, it's a lot then, easier when you have the what money. What these guys do, mm -hmm. hump in their own gear, right? People always say to me, you know, Joe, you look great for your age. And I say, yeah, on the outside, on the inside, 
Everything's <laughs> The outside is great. Can't you, why don't you have your manager get your roadie? You know? Oh, he's got yeah, a roadie. Why don't, you have, why don't you have your manager get your roadie? I, I, my, my friend Frank helps me out. Oh, yeah? yeah. Frank the roadie? <laughs> yeah, Frank the roadie. You know, but that's a great point, too. Here you got these guys playing for the love, playing for the love of the music, and uh, not as much money. Well, yeah, they got, they got to drive themselves. You know, they they don't have cooks. You know, cooking their dinner every night at the gig. Mm -hmm. They don't have a, a private room with a with a bed or a couch that's exactly the color that they want. And you know, <laughs> they have to have brown M and M's. Uh, in the yeah, right. I, I mean, you, you walk into a place, you get a closet. You know? <laughs> oh, this, is, this is this is the nicest closet we have. You can have it. You know, thanks. So, what keeps you doing it? Uh, but just. First of all, it's all I know how to do. <laughs> and, and that's the secret to success. So you have no other options. But you know what? Sure is. But you're able to do it. You know, you're able to morph. Yeah. You know, my friend uh, Glenn from the B Street Band, we've known each other since high school. And it's unusual to be able to do it as many years as you can. Most people, you get in a band, what, five, six years, and that's it? Yeah, you know, what's the life? It. Even the, the, the great bands, what's the life expectancy? You know, but yeah. to be able to continue to do it is a tribute to you. And, and the songs, you know, the, the talent, it's a tribute to, you know, the great talent that you have when you listen to these songs. You know, I think that the B Street Band was there before Bruce. I think so. I think <laughs> Bruce saw the B Street Band. <laughs> <laughs> Five years before Bruce got a contract. Right, and they go, I can do that. <laughs> I didn't even think of this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, th but there's being in shape and there's being in rock and roll shape. Yeah. And those guys, I talked to Vinny about it too, Lopez. Like you're able to just do it, you know, it, it never dies. You know, you never get old. You're always able to do it. Did you see the, um, the Glenn Campbell? When Glenn Campbell did his last concert, sure, and he had Alzheimer's, yep. but and and he knew how to play, yeah, and that never left him. No, yeah. no, no. But uh, how about a uh, uh, more uh, recent example of that was uh, Tony Bennett? Tony Bennett, sure. Oh, did you see? Did you see that music on sixty Minutes? Yeah. Well, I, I saw the show. Oh, you saw the show? I, saw, I was at the show. Wow. And. Um, you know, at the show, it was a, there were some rough patches. The you know the television uh, version of that was was kind of sanitized a little bit, but not a whole lot. But the thing that was really kind of mind blowing was that Tony really didn't remember any of this stuff until he was on stage and until the chord was played. Really, and then it all came back to him. Now he didn't he had no idea who Lady Gaga was in the dressing room. Right. You know, or when they were walking in, they ran into each other. He didn't know who she was. But when she, they were on stage together, she walked out, and the, he just goes, Lady Gaga, ladies oh. and gentlemen. I mean, it was on stage. It was all there. That's amazing. And yeah. she, she uh, 60 Minutes, she said that she didn't know, cause she was, she didn't know what to expect right. when she got up there. And she had to turn away because she almost started to cry. Yeah. And they asked Tony Bennett the following Tuesday, 60 Minutes meets him in Central Park. He didn't remember the shows. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, what, nine, but he's 94. 
Well, <laughs> 94. The weaklings are not 94. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is like the meet the weaklings phase of the weaklings. So now, now, how far are we going with the weaklings? Like, what's next for the band? Uh, well, you know, there are more sing uh, video singles that are going to come out. They're mm -hmm. gigs. Joe, why don't you take it well, from here? Well, what's next is that we're playing at the City Winery in New York uh -huh. on February 5th. February 5th. That's what's next. Okay, <laughs> uh, February 5th. And, and uh, we're very proud of this version of the single, of the of the Beatles song. And it was um, selected to be coolest song in the world on Little Steven's Underground Garage for the week of February 6th. So nice. you'll hear it a lot on that station. They'll be playing it uh, boy, almost every hour on the hour. And you really day. get sick of it. Cut you cut you really. pennies an hour we'll make yeah. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> and it was debuted on the Beatles channel. De de really? Debuted on the Beatles channel last night. Well, and be, what an honor to be playing on the Beatles channel. I mean, oh, my God. Of course. So cool. Maybe one of those guys are hearing it. You, mm -hmm. know, you never know. That's the, that, so, that's, that's the best. That's cool. that's I think Ringo knows who we are. I, I got to imagine he knows who we are. I mean, you... you well, you know, I... I, I I'm... I'm Pretty good friends with uh, Greg Bissonette, who's Ringo's drummer, and he invited me to a show. So I, I was singing in the front row for a Ringo show. Really? And he writes to me before the show, and he says, "Joe, when Ringo comes up to the front of the stage, I want you to air drum in front of the stage. Just air drum to him, and he'll point you out. He'll see." And I got. Greg, I can't do that. I feel I feel ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, you got to do it. You got to air drum. So, so. You know, and he's he's pointing to me. You know, Ringo's. So I, Ringo comes up to the front stage, and I'm air drumming. And sure enough, he points me out. He starts air drumming back, and I'm like, Oh my god! You know, it's so cool. Oh my god! <laughs> he said, He said, when when Ringo notices you, it'll give me an excuse to talk about you and the band afterwards. Uh huh. So so he writes me later, and he said, uh, We just got off the plane, and and Ringo said. Was that your buddy that was air drumming in the Get out. <laughs> and he said, yeah, he said, and he, he said he played a Maring uh, Weakling song, and he said he loved it. And Look at that. Look at that. So I, I, but I felt really silly. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Hey, Joe, would you mind if, if Ringo played a song or two on the next record? <laughs> How would you like to have to be Ringo's drummer? Oh, that's got to be, be intense. Yeah. He's Ringo's drummer? Um, you can't mess up if you're Ringo's drummer. Yeah, yeah. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Weaklings in studio. We'll play another song coming up. It's 1030. It's 1-800-283-101.5. Weaklings have a new song. They got two new songs. Uh, one is a cover of the Beatles. I've uh, just seen a face. Joe Belia, the drummer, is here in the studio, better known as Smokestack. Tony Bellagrosi is here, the manager, better known as The Wind Beneath the Weaklings. <laughs> Caesar Weekly. Caesar Weekly. Caesar. Caesar. Caesar Weekly. Uh, so you got the you you got the drum in front of Ringo. You got the air drum the air in front, drum of Ringo. front of Ringo. And Ringo now knows. He knows you exist. Yeah. He said, "Who's that idiot in the front row?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt like. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to. He was supposed to play convention hall in 2020. Yeah, and I was supposed to interview him. Him and Mike Love. Yep, and I lost both of them. Paramount, <laughs> Paramount Theater. Paramount Theater. Yeah, you're right. Paramount Theater. I, I lost I, them both. Glenn and I had tickets to that. Of course. I'm surprised you weren't, surprised you weren't backstage with Well, that. we would have been. <laughs> Dressed as janitors. <laughs> like a sitcom episode. We were talking, all right, is it about the idea that there's no more, with so much social media out there, like the idea of having one central location, like the variety show. Could you see the variety show ever coming back? 
where everyone would gather around and kind of get a sampling. The one thing about Ed Sullivan was that even though everyone, you know, you had your families and every, you know, families had different views and different ways of looking at the world. And back then, totally different views and ways of looking at the world. Yet they all came together to get their little piece of the pie on the Ed Sullivan show. And why couldn't something like that happen again, which would make it easier guess, to break acts like you guys? I guess the closest thing to that is uh, America's Got Talent and those type of shows where they mm -hmm. have a variety of acts. But they're, that, they're new but guys they're new. on talent. Not, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, the you know, the problem is, first of all, you got to look at, you know, the demographics and the population when in the 60s. I mean, I think the population of the country is about 200 million then. Right. Now it's 340 million. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was primarily white. It was primarily Protestant or Catholic Christian. Um, it was, you know, it, it, it was uh, pretty homogeneous. We're much more diverse now. Plus, we have a technology that allows you an infinite amount of choices. Right. So everybody can find a place of comfort that they weren't able to find, you know, back in the 60s or 70s. Um, you kind of had to deal with what was out there because, oh, quite frankly, there were like three or four, maybe five television stations. Right. And that's in the, in the big markets. In the smaller markets, there were even fewer. So you don't really have a choice. Now you have all kinds of choices. So there's no more broadcasting, it's narrowcasting. Yeah, it's narrowcasting, and it's, it's also, um, you know, people can kind of hide in the world that they, f they, they feel most comfortable in. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a good point. Sullivan was diverse, though. At a time when he was one of the few people who was diverse, because you remember Sullivan put everybody on. Well, I and mean, you look back now and you say it's nothing, but back then he he put on he put on African American acts. Sure, uh, never had a problem with any act that he put on. Well, that was well, pretty revolutionary when he did yeah, that. Exactly, yeah. but the you know the thing the thing with with Sullivan is that he put acts on that he thought were going to explode or were big, and it was it was as much about money and and ratings as anything. Um, but you know, you, you, you just, you don't have the opera, you, you don't, you don't have a situation where the, your choices are, are limited. So right. your choices are broad. You so, know what Sullivan paid for the Beatles? What? $5,000 or something? Three shows. $10,000. Oh, $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> see, you guys would have done it for half of that, right? You see? You see? Suzanne is in Clinton on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Suzanne. Hey, how are you? Good. How about you? You want to talk to a weakling? I would love to talk to a weakling. I got two of them here ready to go, <laughs> Suzanne. Hit them with what you got. I love the way you changed up the vibe of that song. And I was just curious what your inspiration was for taking it in that direction. It's, it's almost punk, punky. Um, I just wondered how you got to that decision to take it in that direction. Well, we tried it as a waltz. It didn't work. <laughs> and then... Um, it, there was the polka version. The polka that version. wasn't so hot either, right? And that didn't work. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it just... Uh, actually, all honesty, Glenn, Glenn came up with the idea, and he he, uh, he, he said, how about this? <laughs> and and that's where we went with it. Um it just yeah. seemed to be it was it's so, but again it's it's so hard to take a song like that and improve on it it's it's a, it's more a matter of uh 
just doing your own version because you, you can never improve on those perfect gyms. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, you guys really made it your own. It's really awesome. Well, thank you very much, Suzanne. Hi, yeah. Suzanne. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Look at this. You got the fans calling in now. I'm telling you. You know, uh, at 1 800 283 101.5, Tony Palagrosi's in here. Sees a weakling. And uh, then we got Smokestack Weakling, the drummer. Joe Belia is in here. And uh, the new uh, the new singles, we've got I've Just Seen a Face, the uh, cover from The Beatles. And we've got I Want You Again. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll play I Want You Again after the break. But, but in the meantime, now what's coming up for the weaklings? We got February fifth. February fifth uh, in New York City. Uh, then we have uh, February 9th. Uh, <laughs> you got to pull up the schedule. Got that thing coming out, you know, here, right? Usually, I know these things because I'm so busy. But I just got through light of day, so my head's kind of scrambled. February 5th at the City Winery in New York. February 9th at Mock Chunk. Mock Chunk. And February Mock Chunk? 10th, yeah. Mock Chunk Opera House in Jim Thorpe, PA. Wow. And February 10th uh -huh. at, uh, in Beacon, no, that, New York. It's February 10th. February 10th is Mock Chunk. Uh, February 11th is, is in Beacon, right. New York, at the, uh, at the Town Crier. Yes. The Town Crier. Yes. And Sunday's the Super Bowl. Yeah, Sunday's the Super Bowl, and we're not really, we're not playing the Super not Bowl. Not the halftime show. You not, turned it down. Yeah, we did. Yeah, let me not enough have. money. You know, you got to do what you got to do. They don't pay the NFL. No, I know. You know that's, that's, that's why. That's you know, it. We're not going to go. There you, you know. go. That's what a good think? manager. What do you think? We're stupid. You know? <laughs> and, and actually, uh, on, on February eighth, the uh, the Weaklings are playing with Max Weinberg in Delray Beach, doing a, a benefit show in Delray Beach. You go to Florida in the wintertime, nice, you retire and relax. Well, you know, like you know, the Weaklings are Max's backup band in the Jukebox show. I did not know that. Yes, they are the Jukebox. Oh, okay, okay. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, David Crosby passed away today. Yes. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I met... I did a bunch of shows with David Crosby over the did years. You? And uh, <laughs> he was as cantankerous as the other members <laughs> really? of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young say he was. Oh, yeah, he was. He, he was very, um, you know, he, he would get in your face if you said something that he didn't like. Uh, he spoke very loudly yeah. and let everyone know that he was there and he had an opinion. <laughs> but he was incredibly bright. Mm -hmm. Incredibly talented, a beautiful voice, just yeah. a gorgeous, gorgeous voice, and you know he was one of the you know he's one of the originators of uh, certainly of um, you know jangly guitar rock and roll when he was in the Birds, mm -hmm. and then Buffalo Springfield, and and later on you know with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. I mean the guy you know created a genre. He was one of the creators of a genre of music of rock and roll, and uh, again very bright and very talented. My first ever A-track was Deja Vu. Ah, what a great, uh, what a great first A-track. Mm -hmm. uh, did you ever see Echoes in a Canyon? Oh, yeah. Right, Absolutely. where they yeah. tell the story about Crosby, Stills, and Nash, how they come together. But they're going to take the picture for the first album, and they find this deserted house, this beat-up house, and they take the picture. And they get back, and they find out that the, um, they were sitting the wrong way. And when you look at the cover, it says Crosby, Stills, and Nash, but that's not them sitting under the names. Right. So they go back. They say, go back and take the picture. And when they went back to take the picture, they got there as the house is beat. 
being leveled. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> never heard that. that. Take yeah. the picture. Jersey uh, Radio. Bold, get cold during New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry and Special Olympics New Jersey for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands, freezing for a reason. Saturday, February 25th. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. The Seaside Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics New Jersey. Only from New Jersey, 101.5. Steve Trevelisse hanging out with the Weaklings. We got Joe Billia. He's the drummer. We call him Smokestack Weakling. And uh, we got Tony Palagrossi. He's Caesar. He's the man. The man, the brains of the outfit over here. <laughs> Tony Palagrossi. This is where we go to find the brains That's of the outfit. That's scary. <laughs> we, we got Pete and Ewing. No relation, but he wants to say hi. Pete, what's up? Hi, oh, wait. You said, what do I want to do? I don't know, Pete. What do you want to know? Just say hi. Oh, hi. Um, first off, I hope everybody's ready for a giant win. Oh, yes. And, well, I know you are, Steve. But um, let's see. What, gentlemen, how are you, first of all? You guys, brought, you know, really great. I got to see you. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. February 5th at the City Winery. Yes. Well, I hope I can remember it after going to a winery. But um, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then you have to come and see us again. <laughs> Did you ever um, perform, whether it's you know just jamming in you know private or on stage with somebody who inspired you to continue doing you know performing, you know doing what you guys do. So you're, you're saying, did we ever perform with anyone famous, or is, it, is that what you mean, or someone who's an inspiration to us? Is that what you're, that's what you're asking? Yeah, both ways. You could answer either way. I'm sorry, man. No, that's all right. No, that's, yeah, okay. that's great. No, it's a good question. We, uh, we, um, I performed many times with uh, with Bruce at, at Bruce Springsteen at his um, some of the benefits he, he shows he he's done. Um, I used to play with Dave Mason. For three years, I played with Southside Johnny. Can't get more of an inspiration than that. If if you can play with Johnny, you can play with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, plenty. Of, and then sometimes just you know some of the local people that you play with are big inspirations. Just guys like uh, Billy Hector who've been around forever, and Bob Bandiera, and and the guys in in the band that I play with, Glenn and and Bob and John. Always big in inspirations for me, you know. Um, but yeah, it's always good to play with somebody who, who inspires you and is maybe uh, a little better than you sometimes and rise to the occasion. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah it makes you take your game up sometimes. Yep. Or when you're up there, yeah. you're like, wow. And then it, it just happens. Yeah, know? sure. Absolutely. Sure. Tell me about the new, the new single, I Want You Again. Tell us about the song. Well, it's a song that uh, was primarily written by Bob Berger, and uh, it's a song about uh, desire and longing and uh, wanting somebody again and again and again. You just can't get enough of her. You got or eat, him. You got eat for that lot, matter. You yeah. got eat a lot of broccoli, Rob, to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> again and again and again. Uh, uh, clams or oysters. Oysters. Right? <laughs> oysters. That's what you got. Where did that go. come from? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you got one track mind. Here we go. Weaklings, I want you again. You been talking up, boy? <laughs>
I want you again. New Jersey 101.5. What a great job, man. Excellent work. Excellent work. Joe Belia on the drums. And uh, behind the scenes here, we got Caesar. Uh, Tony Palagrossi. Guys, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. And guys out there, girls, uh, if you want to know about the weaklings, go to weaklings.com. W-E-E-K-L-I-N-G-S dot com. Know all about us. All our social media platforms are there. Anytime you want to come back, best of luck, my friends. Thank right. you. Thank you, Steve. Have Take a care. great weekend, and uh, we shall do this again next week. KK. Domensky and Doyle. This has been the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.